Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Absolute sports betting degeneracy. Hey, everybody. Arch here, and it's Thursday. We're changing it up a little bit. We're going to start talking UFC when we can on Thursday. And of course, I've got James. What's going on, man? Yeah, not too bad, mate. Obviously, slight change of uh, dates. Obviously, we're on Thursday now, but you know, nonetheless, it's still good to talk to you about the UFC. And yeah, I'm going good, mate. How about you? Oh, not too bad at all. Yeah, we changed it up a little bit just because, <laughs> you know, we talk horse racing on Fridays as well. And I can't, yeah. I can't get Rich to tighten up. Rich just talks forever. <laughs> so I can't talk it by the end of Friday. Like, I have no voice. So. <laughs> Yeah, you got to have some bread, didn't you? Yeah. Well, cool, man. <laughs> I like it, though. We're getting a little bit of an early early look at these fights, so we've plenty of time yeah. to see how the lines move and change and all that. So it'll be pretty fun. Yeah, 100%. But how are you doing? Anything anything going on we should be aware of with you? Um, no, nothing much. Not, not a lot, really. I mean, stay mode, really, since the last time we spoke. It's just been working. Um, just been writing pieces here and then featuring on a couple of other shows, just talking about football and UFC with them. So yeah, yeah it's yeah, standard really. Yeah. There's not a lot we can do, but yeah, we're getting back to normality of some <laughs> sense over here, but it's still pretty bad, but I'm, yeah. doing the, I'm making the best what I can really. That's good. That's good, man. Yeah. I see you. You're always writing an article or interviewing somebody over there on Twitter. I see that just all the time. I'm going to have to mute your yeah. account eventually, James. I'm just going to have to mute you. <laughs> no, please do. I mean, you can tell like <laughs> last week you're very vocal on the show as to how um how I spend a lot of my time a lot of my time on Twitter and uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. If, if ever annoys you, just shoot me a message and I'll, <laughs> I'll slow down a bit. Oh, okay. Good to know. <laughs> All right, so we're here to talk fights, though. So I guess we should probably just jump into it, man. Yeah, hundred um, percent. This one's a bit of a weird one. I think from the top of my head, it was supposed to be originally headlined by Holly Holm and Irene Aldana, but Irene tested positive for COVID, so that fight got pulled. And um, now we've got an interesting one between Derek Brunson and Edmund Shabazian. I mean, you, you look at it on paper, Edmund's probably one of the youngest guys in the whole entire UFC squad roster, whatever. And um, he's just sort of taken the middleweight division by storm, but he's sort of taken it one fight at a time. Like they haven't rushed his progress. He's he's been very good. He's like um, I think he's undefeated at eleven and eleven and zero, uh, <clears throat> with nine of them coming via form of knockout. So he's a star in the making. I think he's trained or managed by Ronda Rousey. So th- th- this guy's legit, and I think is she really is she really training him, or is that more of just a little you know little promotion? What do you think? Uh, she, I think she, she just manages him, but she also oh, okay, like, trains okay. when, when she can with him just to sort of get his mentally prepared for a fight. So I think some of my head, that's what I've seen. Okay. But yeah, I think this, whichever way you look at it, it's, it's a decent matchmaking from the UFC. If you're on um, Edmund's side, if you're on Brunson's side, you're probably a little bit 
ticked off because in recent years, I think Brunson's arguably been the gatekeeper of the middleweight division. If you ever want to break through into the top 10, we'll just throw you Derek Brunson. <laughs> and with and it's, it's a shame. They've probably taken the mick with uh, Derek, but, you know, he's getting on a bit. But Edmund, like I said, nine of his 11 wins come by knockout. He's just so technically gifted and very powerful. Uh, he just burst onto the scene with a good win <clears throat> over Darren Stewart. And then since then, he's just been an absolute roller coaster. He's just been unbelievable to watch. I think we last saw him at um, UFC 244, uh, headlined by Nate and Masvidal, where he by he knocked Brad Tavares out by a first round head kick. It was beautiful. And Edmund, this is the perfect fight for him, I think. This sort of shows or this will give us an uh, idea as to where he's at in his career if he wins a lot of doors will open for him there's talk of a, a win uh, whoever wins a fight will fight down till or whoever there's plenty of options for the winner I think with Shabazian with Brunson I think he's got to be careful I think if he's sort of standing with Edmund, you know it's just going to be a bad day at the office for Brunson. I think back in the day, Derek had a lot of, uh, he, had, he had some uh, good ground game ability, but I think since well, for the past couple of years, he's just decided to implement the striking aspect. Mm-hmm. And if he's using his um, striking department against Edmund, you're just not going to win. I think with Derek, he might want to sort of revert to his uh, old game plan, but it's a tough one, I think. Edmund, I've I got to back him on this one. I mean, he's just a, he's such a hot prospect in the UFC. And I think if he lands a couple of clean shots early on, then we might see uh, a knockout or a TKO in favour of Edmund. And if we don't see it in the first round, we'll probably get it in the second. So I'm going to go for an Edmund Shabazian TKO in the first round. First round TKO. Ooh. First round TKO. It's, it's just not going to be a good day for Derek, is it? It's not, no, yeah, no. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's what it looks like on the line. It, it, Edmund yeah. opened up minus 253. He's minus 331 now. So they set that yeah. line and everybody grabbed it. It's, you pushed it all the way up to minus 331. That's too high. So I got no choice. Mm. I'm going to follow you on the TKO, which isn't much better. The T- no. Edmund wins by TKO. Submission KO is minus 200. <laughs> So we're still not getting a big payday there. So no. uh, in the first, at least we're getting something plus 160 in the first. Mm. So there's that. It's plus 160 in the first, plus 350 in the second, plus 900 in the third. And if it goes to the cards, it's plus 600. So it yeah. looks like they're setting that as the most likely, likely thing. Although, interestingly enough, let's take a look at this a little bit deeper. If it does go to the points, Derek is plus 500. Edmund is plus 600. So... Both unlikely, but it seems like if it goes to the yeah. cards, Derek is probably taking the fight. Yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously, when you look at uh, Edmund's career, I think he's only been to the judges' scorecards once, and that was on his um, that was against Darren Stewart, and I think he won that by just by a split decision. So, okay. and <laughs> the rest of his uh, wins have all come via. Uh, knockout to go submission in the first round. Yeah, yeah. So it's very rare that we see Edmund go past the first round. But yeah, if we do sort of go into latter rounds, we might see Brad, uh, Edmund start to gas out a bit. And that's when we might see Derek take advantage. But okay. I, I doubt that. <laughs> I don't like taking a negative 200, but I'm going to follow you anyway. No. Let's do it. Let's do yeah. it. <laughs> so we got what? Joni and Jennifer next? Yeah, we got uh, Joanne Calderwood versus Joanne. Jennifer Meyer. 
<laughs> Joanne, um, Dr. Neville, as they call her, Joanne. Uh, it's, it's, a, it's a tough one, I think. It's just an interesting one. She didn't really need to take this fight, Joanne. She was scheduled to face Valentina Shevchenko, who's obviously the flyweight champion. I think it was last month. Um, had, obviously, COVID not been a thing. This was before Fight Island was announced. And I think it was scheduled to take place in Australia. But obviously, COVID was a thing. And then they changed it to Abu Dhabi and then Valentina got injured. So the, the, the smart thing to do, from your opinion, would probably wait for the champion. I don't, I don't know. Would, that's probably what most fighters would do, maybe. There are some, very fair few, that would go, you know what? I want to I wanna get a fight under my belt just one more before I face the champion. That's obviously what Calderwood's done. Uh, she's fighting out of Scotland, so another, I think, obviously a great Brit on this card. And um, it's, it's, a, it's a tough one. I think Jennifer, I'm not, I don't tend to, I'm not, it's, it's going to be a tough one to back my on this one. I think with Calderwood, she averages six, uh, just over six strikes per round, significant strikes. She's very good on the feet. She's got she's got a decent amount of takedowns, um, but obviously the predominant success is obviously when the fight stand in. She's a heavy striker. Whereas with Maya, she's uh, her last three fights, she's two and one, uh, one and two. So she's lost two. I think the last one came yeah. against Caitlin Ch- uh, Chagugian in November. So. <sighs> Don't expect this one to be an interesting fight. With no disrespect to either fighters, <laughs> I, I see this one should go in the full distance. I'm going yeah. for a Calderwood by a decision. Calderwood by a decision. Let's see. Calderwood opened up minus one sixty two. She's minus one fifty now. Jennifer, yep. Jennifer opened up plus one forty. She's plus one thirty now. So a little bit of money coming in on Jennifer Maya. Looks like a decision here by Calderwood is plus one ten. Mm. Plus 110 for the decision by Calderwood. It's plus 200 if Maya wins by decision. Plus 550 both sides for an early for an early uh, ending to that fight. Uh, so, yeah, it d- doesn't look likely. I got you in plus 110. I don't know, man. I probably... F- follow you on this one i i, yeah, you I seem reluctant on this one yeah well I, i'm looking at these numbers and it looks like calderwood should win yeah it's just hard to find i'm not sure it's going to be dominant i'll follow you again God damn it. no no i don't think it's gonna be like i said i think it's not gonna be it's probably gonna be on the verge of a ball fest I'm not gonna see an entertaining fight with like said no disrespect but yeah, yeah. what sounds it sounds a little disrespectful i gotta tell you <laughs> Oh, well, what can you do? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just being blunt and honest there. There, there you go. All right. <laughs> let's, let's skip past that snooze fest. Let's move on. This is going to be a good fight, the next one. Mark my words. Uh, Vincente Luque versus Randy, uh, Randy Brown. Luque is just... I, I love watching Luque. He's, just such a, he's such a heavy, hard hitter in the welterweight division. He averages about five to six significant strikes a minute. Jeez. and yeah, a minute. He's just so he's just so heavy and predominant in terms of his striking. I, I just love everyone loves watching the UK fight. Um, it'll be an interesting fight with for Randy Brown. It'll be interesting to see how we can deal with Vincente's shots. I think Brown is twelve and three coming into it. I think his last he's he's, he's uh, won his last two, and his last one came against Alves in November. So you know. <laughs> hasn't been that much time off but it's 
with Brown, he's a bit of a hard hitter himself. He just averages just over three significant strikes a minute as well. So it's still pretty impressive. I think with Luke, he's more of a well-rounded fighter. And I think it's, it's going to be a case of who outstrikes and who has the ability to knock you out first. And I think, I, I don't think this one will go the distance. I just think Luke will get it done just because of his sheer violence and his just non-stop aggression right from the first bell. So I'm going to go for a Luke via second round TKO. Round TKO. Okay. Man, that's disappointing. <laughs> I really wanted to find a way to back Randy Brown here, but I'm looking. Really? I'm looking. I just can't find the... I'm, I'm trying to latch on to anything. I can't find it. Ah, man. Yeah, I think you're probably right. you have to right. back me on this one again? There you are. <laughs> man, Luke opened up minus 181. He's minus 186 now. So he's got five yeah. cents worse. Brown opened up plus 155, plus 159 now. I got to sit this one out. I think it's a closer fight than, uh, than the, the money line is indicating. Yeah. I think these guys are pretty well matched. Mm. Your, your second round TKO for Luke. Luke in the second is plus 500. And Luke to finish the fight early is, wow, plus 110. There you yeah. go. That's not bad. That's not bad. No. All right, but I, I'm going to sit this one out. Yeah, no, I don't think you so. <laughs> all right lando all right i like that i can say that name yeah lando venata versus uh bobby green <laughs> i've seen mixed very mixed opinions on this fight i don't i'm scratching my head as to who to bat with this one i think with green he last came off of a win over clay Guida, i think it was like a month or two ago i don't remember talking to you briefly about that mm-hmm. and um with Groovy Venata, he comes into this fight. He's eleven four and two. He's he's not on the best of runs recently. He's just so inconsistent. Like he'll get a win, then he'll lose the next fight. Win lose. It's just he's so inconsistent in that aspect. And I think his last fight came against Yancy Medeiros, and he just <coughs> outpointed him to a decision victory. With Venati, he lands and averages a fair few significant strikes a minute, but he also is prone to absorbing a fair few strikes. So it'll be interesting to see how he'll do against a guy like Bobby Green, who's just he's just he's not a heavy hard hitter himself. He's just he, he's got a good striking department, but he's also decent or also on the mat as well. So he's very well rounded in that department. I, I don't know who to back. I think these fighters. As of late, they've been struggling for form and consistency. And you yeah. look at the fight with Guido, just he, Green might have some confidence now. He's just been more active and he's got a wind under his belt. I, I don't know. Um, I think Green will have the sort of edge in the first two rounds just to sort of tire Lando out. And I think maybe Lando will try his best to get it in the third. But I don't think this will be the best of fights. Oh, I'm going to go for a this might surprise, but I'm going to go for a green via decision. Nice. I like that. Green via decision. Green opened up plus 125. <laughs> He's plus 124 <laughs> now. So it's a one yeah. cent shift. One cent shift. Lando opened up <laughs> minus 144. He's one, minus 143 now. So another one cent shift. I, I, yeah, I'm not going to read anything into that, really. Um, Bobby Green via decision. Plus 240. Not bad. I like it. Uh, Lando by decision plus one thirty-seven. So that looks it looks like pretty much the same here. Yeah, 
Man, I'm going to follow you, I guess, on this one. I was I was looking for a little underdog action here. We finally got it. Mm. So, yeah, I'm going to follow you on Bobby Green. That's for sure. Yeah, no, I was literally just torn between this fight because just looking into it, a lot of people favoured Lando Vartan, mm-hmm. but then I've seen a fair few back and Bobby, and I'm just scratching my head as this one. But due to the recent activity, I've got to favour Bobby. Sounds good. One. Sounds good. All right, man. Next up. Uh, I believe this is the final fight or the first fight on the main card, Kevin okay, Holland yeah. versus Trevin Giles. Uh, I, I, I like this fight a lot. I mean, Kevin, he's coming into this fight. He's, he's a big, he's a huge middleweight. Uh, he's like 6'3", fighting at 185 pounds. And it just it doesn't favor Trevin at all. He's just under six foot. Holland's got the significant reach advantage over him. And I think with... Holland, he's seventeen and five. He's got the experience edge over Trevin. They're, they're very similar in terms of their sort of approach to fights. They're very they're orthodox standing. They love to stand and trade. Like I said, they adopt an orthodox approach to the fights. And with this one, oh, I think like I said, they're both they're both well equipped. In the standing department, I don't think the, they've both got the best of wrestling, but Giles is, I'd say Giles edges it in terms of the wrestling. He's got a decent wrestling background, but not the best. I think Giles is going to sort of, he's going to put up a good fight, I think, in this one, because he knows he's got a tough test in Kevin Holland, who's just a big, much a bigger man. He's got more experience over his career. And like I said, they're both heavy hard hitters. They're good with their feet. <sighs> I don't know. I'm gonna I'm gonna back for a Holland wide decision on this one. You just are. because of the, the yeah, just because of the height and the reach advantage. They're they're both similar and I think Holland's experience will just pay dividends on this one. Okay, so decision by Holland. Uh let's see. Holland opened up minus two hundred, he's minus two thirteen now. So, you know, nice little thirteen cent shift. Uh Giles opened up plus one seventy, he's plus one eighty now. So clearly mm-hmm. the underdog here. Backing the favorite Holland to win by decision is plus 240. I like that an awful lot. I think, mm. I think you're absolutely right. I think Holland will get it done. I, and let's just hope it lasts the full three. <laughs> I'm gonna fall, yeah. <laughs> I got to follow you on this one for sure. Give me Holland plus, plus 240. Holland to win uh, by KOTKO submission plus 137. So there's, it's a little tilted that way that he, they think he can get it done early. But let's just hope that mm. Giles has some defense and can last the full fight. Yeah. All right. Good. Yeah. Um, next one, we've got Frankie Signs versus Jonathan Martinez. I think it's a bantamweight clash. It's going to be... This one's an interesting one as well. I mean, I'm not overly fond of the two. I think they're not... Yeah. Especially Frankie in particular. He's not in the best of runs recently. I think he came into the sort of the, the promotion. He went on a three-fight winning streak. And then now, or recently, he went on the opposite and started losing a couple of fights in a row. So he's going to be, it'll be tough to back him on this one. I think with Frankie, he's in desperate need of win. I think this is his first fight in 16 months or just over 16 months. Yeah. Whereas with Martinez, he lost in his debut, but he's put some of those early defeats behind him. He's got a couple of, bonus wards recently he's been on a decent enough run he's been okay i think he's got a he's taller and he enjoys uh he'll enjoy a three or and a half reach advantage over 
Frankie as well as the size, so he's got the height and the reach advantage over him. Um, with this fight, like I said, it'll be tough to, to back Frankie in this one. I think he's one in five in his last six, so he's not the best, but he can. He's, he's pretty um, well rounded and versatile. He can he can definitely wrestle. His striking's okay, but I can see. Frankie, you know, I'm going to back Martinez in this one, but I won't be surprised if Frankie sort of uses wrestling to frustrate Jonathan for the whole three rounds and sort of just pick points on the floor. I'm going for a, like I said, I'm going for a Martinez via TKO in the first round because Jonathan, he's, he's got some decent power in his hands. Uh, he's He's been okay recently. And I think with Frankie's sort of ring rust, it'd be tough to back him on this one. Yeah, I I couldn't really find a whole lot about Frankie at all. So, mm. so you've got Martinez first round TKO. Well, if this hits, you're getting paid. Uh, let's see. Well, let's just look at the the overall fight first. Martinez opened up minus one eighty two and this exploded. Yeah. He's minus two fifty three now. So he went from a heavy favorite to an extreme favorite <laughs> pretty quick. Uh, uh, Frankie was uh, plus one fifty six. He's plus two ten now. So he's a mm. healthy, healthy underdog. Martinez TKO first round. You're getting Martinez first round plus 500 to end the fight in the first round and plus 200 or excuse me, plus 130 to win by. No, you said TKO duh. plus 200. There it is. <laughs> plus 200 to win by TKO. So, man, yeah, let's payday is too good. The money's too good. I got to follow you here. Let's do it. <laughs> Yeah, it's, yeah, it's, the, yeah. I couldn't find yeah, a whole lot about Frankie at all to really. No, hundred yeah, percent. Yeah. Some warrant the back end. Yeah, no, I hundred percent agree. It's tough. Like I said, he hadn't fought in over sixteen months, so it'd be <laughs> tough to be a guy like Jonathan Martinez just on a decent streak at the moment. Right, right. Ugh. So, <laughs> so obviously next up we've got uh, Ed Herman versus Gerald Mershot, uh two hundred five, I believe, at the top of my head. Oh. Earlier on in his career, I think Herman was more of a well-established middleweight. I think with the same as uh, Gerald, he had a couple of fights at middleweight with um, Herman deciding to elect to move to 205, where he's, he's been okay. He's he's not that of a couple of opponents, but he's also lost a fair few. I think in terms of experience-wise, they've both got a lot of Oxygen time. they Honestly, they experienced them to the max. I think Gerald's 31 and 13 in his professional career, whereas Ed's 24 and 14. So they've both been around the game for a while. Uh, Gerald, he lost, well, in one of his last couple of fights, he lost to Anders, which was questionable. I think I scored it to Gerald when I watched it. and then, But he followed that up with a win over Darren Wind, who at the time was a hard, heavy prospect in the division. So, he, however, recently, he, I believe he, in one of his recent fights, he couldn't capitalise on that win over when I think he lost to Ian Heinish for a knockout in just 74 seconds. And I believe at the top of my head, originally it was supposed to be Ed Herman versus uh, Dart and Young, but mm, okay. Joe decided to step in on, I think it was two weeks notice. So he's, he's had a bit of time to prepare, but you, you know what I'm like with fighters stepping in on short notice. However, with Herman, I think he'll struggle to knock out, out grapple Gerald. They just, they're both sort of, I think with Gerald, he's well-rounded in his approach. He's such a, like I said, an experienced fighter. I think with Herman, 
he's, he's going to, it's going to be tough for him to break Gerald down. I think with this one, I think in terms of striking, he will probably outpoint Ed Herman to a decision. I'm going for a Meshart win by decision. Got him by decision. Yep. Got it, got it in. Man, interesting here. Gerald opened up minus 187. It came in you know, off the bench, came in and was a, a you know a healthy favorite. Nobody believes in him though, because it looks like he went from minus one eighty seven to minus one sixty nine. Yeah. So it looks like take people are taking Herman, who opened up plus one sixty, he's plus one forty five now. So it's it's interesting. It's a tough one. It's a tough one. Yeah, it's really a tough one to call because obviously with Gerald stepping in on short notice, I mean it's it's a close one to call. They're, they're very similar, but I think just with his sheer skill set and his versatility, I'm going to back uh, obviously Gerald in this one. Yeah, you're getting plus two sixty. Not bad. Decision is plus two sixty for Gerald. That's it's not a bad little payday. Mm. I don't like it. Something smells no, off. No, no, I'm, no, I, I I'm not going to follow you on this one. Sorry, James. <laughs> you're all by yourself. You're on your own fight <laughs> island now. <laughs> Have you got well? Are you back in um, Ed in this one then? Uh, or are you I, just going to? I'm going to sit this fight out. Honestly, yeah. I don't like the way the line's moving. It's kind of scaring me off. It's kind of scaring me yeah. off just a little bit. Well, let, but let's keep. It's only Thursday. We've got till Saturday. Let's let's keep <laughs> an eye on this one and see how it moves. <laughs> All right. Next up. Obviously, got? next up we've got Ray Borg versus Nathan Maness. I think with Ray Borg, obviously, if you know him back in his early days, he's still pretty young, to be fair, I think, at the top of my head. Uh, he's, he's been around the UFC for a fair time now. He was more of an established fighter back in the day. I think he's already fought for the belt. He's 26, so he's like I said, he's been around the game for a while. He unfortunately lost to Demetrius Johnson and he followed that up with another decision loss to Casey Kenny. But I think recently he decided to move up to Bantamweight and um, with Ray Borg, I, I, don't, I don't mind watching him. He's, he's on his day, he's a very decent slick fighter. I'm enjoying watching him at times. With Ray Borg, it's, it's a tough one though. I think he hasn't been on the best of forms recently. He's just, he's been he hasn't been as active as he should be. Well, I say that he his loss to Demetrius Johnson. He took a two year layoff and then he's had his personal issues. And I think since then he's gone two and two. So he's not the best of form recently. His last fight was in May to Ricky Simone, and he lost that by a decision. And he's just been up and down between flyweight and bantamweight. But obviously this fight will be at bantamweight. Whereas with Ray. <sighs> I like, like I said, I like Ray, but I am going to obviously back him on this one. Whereas with Nathan, he's eleven and one. He's got a couple of. He's, he's worked very well rounded in terms of his finishing ability. He can obviously mm-hmm. he has a cardio ability to obviously go the full distance. But he's followed that up with a couple of nice TKO wins under his belt, and I think he's won a bantamweight title in another promotion. So. Obviously, when you see the, with the eleven and one record, you're probably going to sort of lean towards Nathan on this one. I think <sighs> with this one, it's going to be close. I think I'm going to go. It, this is going to go the distance, in my opinion. I think if Borg's obviously got the persistence and just sort of the power, just to sort of outland Nathan, just sort of uses takedown ability, even if it's not up to scratch, he's still got the edge over Nathan and sort of that 
department, I'm going to go for a Borg by decision. Borg by decision. Okay. It doesn't sound as close to Vegas as it sounds to you. No. Borg opened up minus 200. Now he's minus 240. So huge favorite. Huge favorite. Nate Mm. opened up plus 170. He's plus 200 now. Yeah. Ray Borg via decision is minus 120. I always like it when you get those when you you're, when you're uh, when you get a plus line here, but I think you're probably right. Ugh. I'm gonna follow you. I'm gonna follow you again. Yeah, this, this isn't the, the most entertaining bouts of some head. I think with um, with Nathan, I believe at the top of my head, he's making his UFC debut and stepping against a guy like Ray Borg on your UFC debut. It's it's, it's a tough test for him. It'd be a big guy for him to pull it, come away with the win. Yeah, no, it looks it looks like it's going to be very, 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 very tough. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. All right. What do we got next? Uh, next up, we've got Marcus Perez versus Eric Spicely in the middleweight division. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm, 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 I'm all right with this fight. I don't mind this one. I think with both guys, they're very entertaining in terms of their approach. They're very well-rounded. Um, this will be an interesting one, I think. With Marcus Perez, he's coming into this fight with a record of twelve and five. I believe at the top, of my, twelve and three, sorry, at the top of my head. Um, obviously, like I said, he's more of an established middleweight, so it'll be interesting to see the approach he takes. And I think at the top of my head, he's oh, he's not in the best of forms recently. He's, he's very inconsistent. He came into the UFC ten and zero. He got a couple of good wins under his belt. He won various. Uh, he won the LFA middleweight title over on the LFA promotion. Obviously, he lost in his debut to Eric Anders, followed that up with a win, but he's just been, he's just, like I said, he's been very inconsistent. He'd win one fight and then lose his next. He's he's three and he's two and three in the UFC, so he's not the best of results. His last fight came against Wellington Tuman in November, whereas with um, Eric, with when you look at Marcus on paper, it'll be tough to back him just because of his sheer record recently. He's very mm-hmm. inconsistent in the UFC, but don't be surprised if we'll see this one go the distance. I mean, they're two capable fighters of competing and going the distance with Eric Spicely. He, again, <laughs> he's very inconsistent. He fought in the UFC a couple of years ago, but then got released just because of how bad he was. <laughs> <laughs> he got he picked up two wins at the in the CES promotion. I think with UFC they just gave him another chance. They gave him a contract in June 2019, but lost on this return. And this is his first fight since June 2019. You look at it on paper, they both haven't been on great forms recently, but they've both got a decent, well-rounded ability on the mat. Spicy's got good submission ground game and his submission skills. So don't be surprised if we see this one go the full distance. I'm back in Paris for our decision, but I, I don't like this fight. I mean, both fighters have been in rubbish form recently, and it's just tough to back either one, but I'm going for a Marcus for our decision. Yeah, yeah. Marcus, oh, let's see. He opened up minus 200. He's minus 205 now. Uh, mm. Spicely opened up plus 170. He's plus 174 now. Yeah. Whew, yeah, and I'm looking at these records, and I'm looking at these stats, and I don't and this. Rubbish, as you would say, right? Rubbish, yeah. Rubbish, rubbish, yeah. yeah. So you're getting plus 240 on a Perez 
decision. But I'm mm. I'm off this fight. This yeah. Who knows? I mean, who knows when when the fighters are at this level? I mean, who? who mm. yeah. I'm off. I'm... Right. What do we got left? Uh, I think we've got two fights left, so we we covered a fair bit. Uh, the next fight, I believe, is that featherweight between Jamel Emmers mm. and Timur Valev. I, I, I like the looks of Valev uh, in this one. Uh, from the top of my head, I don't think he's lost a fight since 2016. That was a mm. split decision to Chris Gutierrez. But he went on to avenge that defeat by beating Chris. So, like I said, he's undefeated since, obviously, 2016. I like, like I said, I like the looks of uh, Timur on this one. With Emma's, he's just not been on the best of form. He came into the, I think he was came into the UFC on the contender series. Well, he was given a shot at the contender series. He didn't impress on that night, and he's just been mixed in that sort of approach. He what he lost to Julian Erosia on that contender series, but he picked up a couple of wins in the LFA promotion. He's unbeaten in four before he got his shot out of the UFC again. He was offered a contract and, oh, excuse me if I bottle this one, but he fought uh, Kika Chikides. Uh, uh, I probably butchered that one. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I, think, I think you decisions. did. Yeah, I think you did. <laughs> yeah. So I'll probably just say uh, Kika. So he lost on his return to the UFC uh, with Valier. He's won a couple of promotions and won titles at various promotions, but he's more of an established. He's won at bantamweight and he's also won at featherweight. So he's a smaller fighter in this fight coming into this bout. And I'm going to back Valiev by a decision. I think with Emma's, he's just got to sort of take the fight to the floor. And if Valiev starts sort of, using his striking range and he's usually he's, he's, he's very known for his catchable kicks and his heavy striking so if Valiev sort of keeps the fight to the floor uh, keeps the fight standing I think we'll see a comfortable victory for Timur via decision I'm, I'm, I'm back in Timur on this one alright so Timur right now is plus 140 uh, mm. Jamal is minus 170 but I don't hate where you're coming from I'm looking at this and I think you're right I think Timur has a has a real shot to win this one. Yeah. Oh. Let's see. You're getting Timur by decision plus 120. Can't back you here. I got really? it. I got well, I, I I can't back that bet. You're getting plus 120 to make it to take a decision. I'm gonna take plus 140 to win the fight by any method. Yeah. Yeah. So no, no, I don't blame that's a yeah. safe bet. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't I don't have to be precise like you. I, I can just, you know, no, bet, no, yeah. I can bet anything. <laughs> So yeah, we're getting plus one forty. Let's just take. I'm going to take the one forty. Timur wins. I think he's got enough of a shot. Hmm. Was there just one left? Yeah, it's one left. Uh, it's going to be a nail biter. It's going to be a real nail biter. This 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 one right here. <laughs> Obviously, between Chris Gutierrez and Cody Durden, with Chris, he's undefeated in three. I I like the looks of Chris in this fight. You might you might disagree. I don't know. But he's got a couple of good finishes under his belt, but he cannot, he's also proved that he can go the distance. With Gutierrez, he started his UFC career, I believe, on the wrong foot. He lost via a submission in the second round 
against uh, Raoni Barcelos. But like I said, since then, he's unbeaten in three with wins over Ryan McDonald, Gerardo de Fritas and Vince Morana. So he's, he's picked up some good wins recently. He's well-rounded. Like I said, he can win in sort of any department. He's, he's good on the floor as well as his standing game. He's a hard hitter as well. So I'm liking this one. Whereas with Cody Durden, he's 11-2. and two. He hasn't lost a fight since 2018, and he's unbeaten in. He's oh, he's unbeaten in. Sorry, excuse me. When I count this one, what's up? I'm just looking at um, oh, oh, okay. Cody's record now. I think he's unbeaten in eight. I was literally just looking at his record and counting okay. his record. He trains at ATT in Atlanta. He's he's certainly one to look out for I think in this one he's making his UFC debut yeah. he's made his name across the NFC promotion the Battle of Fighting Challenge shows he's fought all over across various promotions and some people have been very excited by the uh, sort of signing of Cody Gutierrez he's had some issues with the takedown defence but this one Cody sort of relies on his striking ability and with this one, I'm probably going to back Chris on this one by a second round TK. Just by a second. <laughs> okay, uh, Chris opened up minus 339. He's minus 331 now. Cody mm-hmm. opened up plus 270. He's plus 265 now. So it looks like Vegas set the line with Chris pretty hard as the favorite, but the money has shifted just a little bit, just a little bit uh, on Cody, just a little bit. Hmm. So let's see here. Uh, second round TKO for Cody. Cody wins in the second round, plus 1,600. Whew, I like that. It looks like they're thinking uh, It looks like they're thinking a decision there, just a glance at that. Uh, mm. Cody wins by TKO, plus 550. Whew. I got to back you. The money's too good. I got to back you here. I'm following you on this one, 100%. Yeah, so have you got a... Uh, have you got- prediction as in a full fight prediction or are you just backing me oh i'm backing you just because I, I just have dollars in my eyes i'm backing you <laughs> i'm already counting how i'm going to spend that plus 1600 <laughs> yeah i mean it, like i said it's obviously a back question this one but yeah. cody's just proved that he's got the, he's got the striking game he's had a couple of kickboxing boxing bouts he's undefeated since 2018 but with, to fight a guy like Chris on his UFC debut, it would be tough to beat. Uh, like I said, I've gone for Chris TKO second yeah, round. Yeah, he, I think he's going to win. I don't think he's going to win. Uh, I don't think his win probability is high enough to take the no. minus three thirty one. You got to find mm. value elsewhere, and hopefully, we have. <laughs> Whew, man, that was it. Not a bad, not a bad card. Not a great card, but what do you think? You think it's going to be overall? Uh, overall, you think it's going to be okay night of fights? Uh, I mean, we could be in for a, a couple of shocks, but on paper, I mean, this isn't the most entertaining yeah. cards, if I'm going to be honest with you. I think I'm looking forward to seeing the return of Edmund, seeing how, if he can maintain his undefeated record. Other than that, there's nothing really else jumping at me. I'm not, yeah. with no disrespect, I'm also looking the looks of Vincente Luque fight, so I'll probably be keeping a close eye on mm-hmm. that one. But yeah, not not the best of fights to look forward to, I think. The next sort of big card I'm looking forward to is in mid-August, I think, with uh, UFC 252 between Stipe and uh, DC. Yeah, that'll be fun. That'll be fun. That'll, that'll be a very good. So it'll be good to talk to you on that one. All right. What else is going on with you? Anything we need to be aware of? Uh, well, obviously, nothing much, really. I'm carrying on with my podcast work, with the Sports Sesh podcast. We 
doing a couple of uh, I think we've got a fair few interviews lined up potentially on the cards and I'm sticking to my work with uh, Vavel which I do sort of Chelsea work with in football so yeah I'm keeping myself busy but yeah I'm enjoying the podcast and probably like yourself really you've probably been doing the podcast game for a while now so hopefully I can sort of emulate your success (laughs) yeah Yeah. (laughs) All right, man. That's excellent. So, yeah, Sports Stash, links in the description. UFC Deluxe over on mm. Twitter, right? Yeah. So, uh, UFC Deluxe, mate. That's it, man. All right, James. Perfect. Under 40 minutes for the full card. Not too bad. That's yeah. not too bad. Get out of here. <laughs> Information on this podcast may not be construed to offer any kind of investment advice or recommendations. Under no circumstances will the owner-operators of this podcast be held responsible for damages related to its contents. Catch those springtime vibes all over Arizona. Break out of the winter blues by hitting the water at one of our lake and river parks. Take a hike among the wildflowers. Just make sure to stay on the trails and leave the flowers for the bees. Discover Arizona's best kept secret and visit azstateparks.com slash amazing to start your springtime adventure.